0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fantasy fans from around the world, now presenting your China-based fantasy podcast with your host, Chris M. Bryan. It's time for Fantasy Football!
1: (laughs) Hey fantasy football fans, this is the China-based fantasy podcast and this is your week six show. We have to start out with some big news, some huge news, with Zeke being suspended.
0: Oh, that is huge, Chris. Uh, Zeke, so, guess what, guys? Zeke has basically been suspended. Those six games that we thought he was not going to play and then was able to play has now been put, been, uh, been overturned, and... You know, Dallas is on a week six bye this week. So, basically, it takes them weeks seven through 12. So, if you drafted Zeke in hoping that you were going to have him in weeks seven through 12, guess what? You're without. And this, uh, I don't know, man. This is kind of crazy. It's a tough situation. It is.
1: Uh, because, legally, he can still file another stay that would delay um, the suspension. Right. Right. Further. Right,
0: it, but what? Even if even if they were to overturn over, overturn that and go with his appeal, it's only going to last another week or two. So then, basically, you're done with him for fantasy playoffs.
1: I think the NFL is going to end up winning this, and he's going to end up serving his time.
0: He's going to have um, to
1: whether whether it starts week seven or week eight or week nine. It looks like it's going to happen this year. And uh, so, if you are a Zeke owner, I'm sorry, unless you were rostering McFadden and Morris on your bench, which you probably wouldn't. No. You're in trouble.
0: Well, McFadden's been a healthy scratch all year, so there was no reason to roster him. There was a reason to draft him because speculation was that he was going to be suspended. Then, all of a sudden, a week before the season starts, they're like, oh, no, we overturned that. His appeal stays. And yeah, so everybody was like, ooh, yeah, you know, I'm glad I drafted him, anyways. And there was no reason to have McFadden on your bench, but now this is the biggest waiver ad of the week, uh, you know, between McFadden and Morris. And so it's really going to put a lot of strain on the Cowboys in general, um, as far as their, uh, their running game, because neither one of those guys has what Elliot has, the talent, the speed, the way he maneuvers, the way he can power through the line, the way that he just, he owns the game. And, Yes, McFadden has been a starter throughout his career. Uh, you look at what he did two years ago, and he rushed for almost 1,100 yards, caught about 350 through the air. Only had uh, only had a few touchdowns, but he was definitely an employable, uh, you know, uh, running back. And but this is two years later. Does McFadden still have it, or is Morris the guy to own? You know, I mean, that's, well, if.
1: If it, I tried to pick both of them up wherever I yeah, could, but did. where I had to make a decision I choose McFadden and I
0: would stick with McFadden for the long term, to be honest and
1: for me, it's just because historically the Cowboys have chosen three down backs Right. they don't like to split carries between their backs I mean, I don't feel like this year with this coaching staff they're going to do that I think they're going to bring in McFadden. They've been keeping him on ice. They've been keeping him healthy, a healthy scratch every week, because I think they knew that this was going to be a likelihood. Yeah. Right? Of course they knew that this was going to be a likelihood. And so I think they bring him um, you know, off of the bench, and he's their three down back with Morris to spell. I know Morris has been the backup the first five weeks. But there's a lot of reason to think that he's going to stay in the backup role. Uh, the first being, he's not a pass catcher, No, right? And, um, and so he's only going to be there on first and second down. Uh, and I think he just takes a step back from McFadden because McFadden has a little bit more quickness and movement to him these days. They're both older running backs. Right. I mean they both had their history, but I think McFadden is the going to be the ball carrier that you see on the field most of the time for the Cowboys over the next six you know, six weeks. No, I,
0: I agree there. I mean it's it's just one of those situations that this if you're an Elliott owner and you weren't able to get either one of these guys, you're probably clamoring right now as who to pick up on the waiver and you know, this was just one of those things that this was a reason why I did not draft Elliott anywhere in any of my leagues because I I honestly felt there was going to be some you know some feed or uh, some hit back on this and you know what guess what here it is it, it happened you know yesterday we everybody wakes up and of course first thing you know every fantasy player is doing is. Yahoo Fantasy jumping on you, the waivers. The waiver, yeah, has got them, you know, and offering trades and whatnot. So, yeah.
1: So I gotta, I gotta tell a little story. I, I you know, just got back from the U.S. and I'm completely jet lagged and I hate it because I wake up at four or five in the morning every single morning. This past week has been hell, but this morning I woke up at five thirty and checked my phone and was so excited because the news had broken just twenty minutes ago. Uh, and I knew that I was probably going to be one of the first, you know, in in China on the waivers. And
0: indeed, you were, I was able to
1: pick a, pick up McFadden almost everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I, so, super pumped. I, when
0: I woke up, that's the first thing I saw. I was going, "Wait, what?" And I logged, and I saw you snagged snag not only McFadden but Morris in one of our leagues, and then you got McFadden in another league. I was like, "Son of a gun!"
1: So, All over it. Yeah. I, other Good big job. news this past week: Adrian Peterson is traded. Thank God,
0: right? Yeah, for both for both Adrian Peterson and Kamara. And here's why: Adrian Peterson has been a starter all his life. He's been a playmaker all his life. Kamara is now the guy that really should be the main focus of that uh, of the running back offense there. And i I honestly believe that this was a great trade for both these guys. Simply because, look, even if David Johnson comes back in, you know, uh, what, in six weeks, five weeks, or whatever, even if he comes back, it's still at least going to give AP time to get in and show if he still has it or not. Sean Sean Payton wasn't going to play him. That's the whole thing. He was not going to play. It was never going to happen. You know, Mark Ingram is actually right now a better running back uh, with what he's been able to do. And Kamara is the better one of all three of those, at least for that offense. And, you know, AP deserves a lot of respect. You know, he's put up great numbers throughout his career. And he's now finally in a situation where he can be the sole focus, the feature back, of an offense that really needs a help. However, he's going into an offense with a horrible line. He's dealt with horrible lines all his career, but AP is also one year older. And so, you kind of have to weigh the good with the bad. Yes, it's good, but how good is it? Is he gonna be a running back one? Is he gonna be a running back two? Or is he just simply gonna be a flex play every week? However, if you had him and held on to him, it still gives you a huge uptick from where he was before, and he is a must-start every week, at, at least in a flex position.
1: I agree. I, I think he's going to be a flex, and in the right matchup, he can be a running back, too. Um, yeah. Am I going to play him this first week? Maybe. Maybe. The Cardinals have I a think pretty soft matchup, and Adrian Peterson is hungry. Uh, I think... I think if you play him, you'll you won't be disappointed as a running back two or flex. Um, it'd be a safer play as a flex, but right. in bye weeks and with injuries and suspensions, I understand playing him as your running back two. Um, all right, let's keep moving. Let's talk about Deshaun Watson for oh, a second.
0: Man, is this kid looking good? Granted, it's just you know, two weeks that he's really taken the ropes, but this is second week in a row or his third week, but a second week in a row that he's had five touchdowns. He threw for five touchdowns last week, came back to beat the Chiefs. A lot of that was, uh, in, in the late in the fourth quarter for, you know, when they were down and he ended up throwing three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Was it, um, but Hopkins, you know, Hopkins caught three of those. Hopkins only had 42 yards, but he caught three of those touchdowns. And, look, Deshaun Watson is a winner, no matter how you look at it. The kid is smart. He can scramble. He's able to read defenses quicker at a rookie level than what I would have, ex- would have expected, but he is Definitely, Houston, I'm going to tell you right now, any of you Texan fans out there, you better be glad you have this guy on your team. He is the future of your team. He's going to be the face of your team. As Look, J.J. Watt's been the face of this team, and I hate to say it. I don't want to speculate that his career's over, but he's done again for, the, what is this, the third year in a row that his season's over with? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, JJ Watt has done so much for the Texans. Uh, I would hate to see him leave, especially on you know on a note of, of injury. But Deshaun Watson is definitely something that you know this team has needed—something that they've never had—a quarterback that they've never really been able to depend on. And Deshaun Watson is doing a great job right now. Yes, it's he reminds. Huh. I was going to say. I was just going to say he
1: reminds me of Aaron Rodgers on the field. How so? the way that he's able to scramble and just throw a deep ball off with, without being set, you know, off balance, like 60 yards in the air into the end zone, it hit his player. Like I I don't know any other quarterback that can do that except for Aaron Rodgers. Right. I mean, and and he did it more than one time. I mean, he he hit Hopkins for three touchdowns and he hit Fuller for two. And I mean like He's absolutely on fire. Yeah. So his the combination of his scramble ability and his deep ball ability, and he's just he's got this he's got this ability to throw the football from anywhere on the field in almost any position. You know, with such great power that it's just un. If you have a chance to trade for Watson Get before him. he starts putting up thirty five points every week, please do it right now because. He's looking like he's going to put up, you know, Michael Vick numbers for the rest of the season. Yeah, I I mean, he's he's just on fire, and he has the team around him to support huge offensive stats. And like you just said, their defense is banged up right now.
0: Their defense is banged up, and also looking at the schedule ahead, my goodness, they've got Cleveland this week. They have a bye in Week 7. And then after this, listen... The Seahawks, the Colts, the Rams, the Cardinals, the Ravens, the Titans—that's all the way. Ta- that's taking you all the way till the end of the, play- the re- regular playoff season, and then the fantasy playoffs. He's got San Francisco, Jacksonville, and Pittsburgh. They've got a pretty soft schedule there, man. This not—it's just you know the only team that would honestly, out of everybody there, the only team that. That I think that he might struggle against would be Seattle because Seattle loves to put pressure on rookie quarterbacks. They love to put pressure on everybody, and if he's going to have a bad game, it's going to be against Seattle, maybe against Arizona,
1: but maybe against Jacksonville. I mean, but like I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be on fire all year. And if, yeah. you can, if you can make a trade for him with, you know, maybe someone has him as their, their second quarterback and their first quarterback is someone like Aaron Rodgers, right? Ooh. Go, go after Deshaun Watson because yes. they, they're going to be thinking they're selling high and you're going to get a player that's going to win you the league. I mean, right. having someone who can put up 35, 40 points a week could win you a championship. So target him, get him, put him on your team. Yep. Um, I wanted to mention Fuller really quickly because a lot of people are down on him. They say that he's going to regress to his old boom-buzz self. But until, until I see Deshaun Watson take a stutter step, I'm rolling him out there, man. He's got four touchdowns in two weeks. And, you know, Fuller, he used to be questionable with his hands. He hasn't dropped a pass. He's going up and getting balls. I think that because Watson is playing out of his mind – you, you should start everyone on that team. Like, no joke. I, I
0: believe so. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, right now, I mean, they're putting up... Since he has taken the uh, taken over the starting job, that was against uh, uh, the, the Patriots, correct? Yeah. In week three? All right, listen to uh, their point total. 33, 57, 34. That's ludicrous points. If you're scoring 30 points a week... If you're scoring thirty points a week, you're going to win a whole boatload of games, and I, I, I honestly believe you're right, Chris. Like if if you need to find somebody to pick up on your waiver, go for Will Fuller. Um, you know he's definitely going to be involved in this offense as long as he stays healthy and. It's because of Deshaun Watson. The quarterback definitely makes a huge difference, in, you know, in your team and how they perform. And you know, there are guys still sitting out there on the waiver like a Will Fuller who really needs to be picked up.
1: Some other big plays last week: Melvin Gordon and Fournette were the top two running back plays. Melvin Gordon just got an absurd amount of touches and and did the most with them. Uh, and and Fournette though. Man, like, I I haven't been able to watch the play yet, but I've read about it, Brian. I know you were able to see it. Tell me about the big man. He,
0: uh, He really impressed the crap out of me. Basically what it was is it was at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, Jacksonville had the ball. There was only a few minutes left. It was one of those that... You think that they're gonna kneel, and instead, I mean, they're they're deep in their own territory. They were on their nineteen or twenty yard line. I forget how long of a uh, run it was. Um, ten yard line. Oh, they were on their ten, so it was a ninety yard scamper.
1: Longest Any- touchdown run in Jacksonville history.
0: Wow, wow, even over Maurice Jones Drew. Yeah. But Fournette, they basically hand the ball to him instead of Bortles kneeling. And he just bust through the line unscathed focus to the end zone straight on and nobody nobody came close to even tackling him once he broke through it was unbelievable it was really one of the first times I've seen him run since college when he was at LSU um, I haven't really uh, seen too much tape on him this year but Fournette man he was impressive he looked awesome
1: and that 90-yard touchdown put him as the second-top-scoring running back for the week. Uh, if you were a Fournette owner, you were happy this year. They just run, 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 run the ball. Yeah. Uh, another big player, A.J. Green, keeps dominating because that team can't do anything else on offense. It is just simply the A.J. Green show, and that's all that's happening in Cincinnati. Um, really? The Green Bay Cowboys game, oh, my God. If you haven't watched it yet, please go back and watch it. It's one for the ages. Uh, Green Bay came back in the last few minutes of the game to beat the Cowboys. After the Cowboys, you know, offensively were just, you know, being amazing. Uh, Everyone was was scoring. Everyone was firing on all cylinders. But then Aaron Rodgers does what Aaron Rodgers does. And... I think he had like a 15-yard run on a third down to set up the game-winning touchdown pass. And the first time he went to, uh, to Devontae Adams, uh, he underthrew it. And then he went right back to Adams for the second play for Adams' second touchdown of the game to win it. And it was unbelievable. Um, Rodgers is on fire right now. I would be really excited if I owned him. Um, but some fallout from the game is that Jordy Nelson is hurt. Uh, He didn't play in that final series when they probably wanted him most and needed him most. He sat the entire last series, um, and he's been limited in practice with a back injury. Uh, Aaron Jones said welcome to the NFL in a big way. Uh, He he had a monster game, Um, and I think that moving forward, you're going to see him take over first and second down duties from T.Y., um, but I think T.Y. hangs around as a third down back because he's you know, a natural pass catcher. But he's still wearing a flak jacket with broken ribs. I'm not even sure he sees the field this week, and it's the Aaron Jones show. Uh, even though in a, he's got a poor matchup against Minnesota, I think that if you were lucky enough to get him off waivers, you have to start him this week, and you might be getting flex RB2 numbers from him as their workhorse. Definitely. Um, uh, I just want to pat myself on the back and thank you. Thank, uh, you're welcome, everyone, for, for playing Devontae Adams. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I called that. He went bonkers. Another 20-plus point game. Uh, Antonio Brown. Uh, t- pff, like After pooping the bed against Baltimore last week, went bonkers against the Jaguars, who have the league's best cornerback tandem. I didn't see it coming, but I should have because it's A-B. And then your man, T.Y. Hilton, who you just traded for in our league of record, uh, continues finally. to get it done.
0: He, he just... Finally. And this, and honestly, look this is why I like Brissett. okay? Because he's finally settling in. He's recognizing what's going on. And T.Y. Hilton is T.Y. Hilton. Look, he led the league in receiving yards last year. So he's definitely worth a play every week. It was just that they had... Who was it? Tolson or whatever was the quarterback to start the season? I mean, week one and two was was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. And you know, Brissette's getting better. I mean, he's you know definitely got to recognize his his offensive assets. And T Y Hilton is their number one asset that they have. So um, the fact that you know the last two out of three games, I believe that he's had, uh, or yeah, two out of three games, T Y Hilton has really come to play. You know, he kind of got stumped in Seattle. But that was expected. Ty yep. is coming back, and he's coming back in a big way. And it's because of Brissett, and they're finally getting on the same page. And look, even if Andrew Luck comes back, Ty Hilton's still going to get the same type of you know looks nine, ten targets a week. Hopefully, six to eight catches, one hundred you know, one hundred yards, just you know that kind of stuff every week. I expect it because their running game is so shoddy right now, and they're going to be playing from behind every week. So, I agree. Uh, Jarek
1: McKinnon, the Jarek McKinnon show came to town and you called this one. I asked you to choose a running back and you said neither, but if you were forced to, McKinnon was the guy with the long-term upside and man, he showed up a lot sooner than everyone thought he would. What is his rest of season value?
0: Uh, I'm not sure that he's going to be able to put up the same kind of numbers that, You know, every week that he did this week, he's shown flashes in the past when AP has gone down. Look, McKinnon's been their backup for what four or five years now, at least. I mean, he's been he's been on that team for a very long time. Um, He's finally getting a chance to lead the offense. We'll see. Because again, another running back ahead of him, a better running back is hurt. Before it was AP this you know, now this year, Dalvin Cook, who's done for the year. He has a chance to show, you know, if he has any true value. And last week what he did against Chicago was very impressive. And you know, I I think he's got better long-term value. He should. He's got a great matchup this week in Green Bay. And he definitely should be started every week as a running back, too, with, without any worries until something happens. But um, I don't know. It's all, it's all on his shoulders. I mean, he's been hit or miss when he has played before, but he, now it's his, it's his opportunity.
1: I agree. Uh, I think he's the better third down back, and I think the team sees him that way, too. And so I think he's a safe floor. Uh, so the guy that I want to talk about real quick is Marlon Mack. Uh, Mack, real quickly, is a kid who should be getting the ball. He should be getting the ball a lot more than he is. I know he's on a bad team. He's with the Colts, who have been playing from behind a lot. And so game script means he's not running the ball a lot because there's not a lot of opportunity to. They're they're not ever ahead. Uh, The Colts are a bad football team. But Marlon Mack showed why he was drafted. Uh, he looked really good. On limited touches, he almost hit 100 yards. And there's really no one else in that backfield that I think can do that right now. Um, but the coaches, they're not ready to give him the ball. Uh, coaches came out this week and said, you know, regardless of his performance, Mac isn't ready. He's not ready for more playing time. He's not ready to be a third down back. Uh, and he's definitely not ready to be a three-down back. Coach Pagano, Pagano himself came out and, on record, said that the rookie has too much to learn to be leaned upon. Now, I, I think that that's a bad move by the coach. You don't come out and you say that about a
0: player. Um, no, you I mean, talk about that in private, man. You can't come out because all that's going to do is sit there and make him question himself and... He's got talent. No. Does he have Kareem Hunt? Does he have, you know, the Dante Foreman future talent? Does he have, you know, the, these guys that are drafted, these rookie runners? This is a huge running back draft class this year. Huge. And Marlon Mack is one of those guys. And he could be become that team if he's got a little bit of faith. You don't go out in public and say that kind of crap. But, look, what he put up last week was phenomenal. And... I don't know, for, for the coach to say that about him, eh, I don't know.
1: So he's a big hold. Um, if you if you spent some money on him, I'm sorry, because uh, it doesn't look like he's going to get any um, meaningful snaps in the short term. But he's definitely a hold. I think maybe by the end of the year they start rolling him out, because what do they have to lose at this point?
0: Well, exactly. He, he's the kind of guy that you want to hold on to because... When they decide to go away from Gore and when Indianapolis is just playing the season for the season, this is the kind of guy that's going to help you win your fantasy team, period.
1: Yep, I agree. All right, so let's quickly let's cover some of the major injuries that happen. The entire New York football Giants are injured.
0: Oh, man. that? I've never seen anything like that before. They have four, not three, but four wide receivers if you include Dwayne Harris freaking believable, dude.
1: Yeah, uh, complete <laughs> mess. And then they get Denver this week, so look for them <laughs> just to be absolutely demolished. And one of the more embarrassing football games that you can probably watch this year. Uh, unfortunately, OBJ is done for the season. He's going on That's IR sad. surgery. It is sad. Uh, there's nothing happy about the New York Football Giants right now. Um, this is going to be Eli's last year. I think the whole team tanks and they play for the number one pick. Um, they have to at this point. <laughs> um, Kelsey was concussed, but he's practicing in full now, and I think he's going to get cleared before the weekend. But Ty- uh, Tyreek Hill popped up on injury reports this week with a hammy. Uh, yep. That worries me because he's a speedster. That's how he gets it done. Um so he popped up with an injury midweek and he's probably going to suit up and he's probably going to play but how effective he's going to be is going to be a huge question mark. Um Tom Brady yeah. sprained his shoulder last week, his non-throwing shoulder, uh but he'll probably take drugs and be fine. And Charles Clay uh is out knee scope. They're saying a month, but I think it's 2 months because of his history with those knees. Uh, He's had multiple surgeries on both of those knees, if I'm remembering correctly. It's going to take him at least a couple months to be back. I doubt if he's back before Thanksgiving. And speaking of Thanksgiving, news came out that David Johnson Johnson could be back by Thanksgiving. Uh, That's five weeks of football from now, ladies and gentlemen. Week 12, he could be back. That's plenty of time for him to knock off the dust and dominate fantasy playoffs. If someone dropped him, oh my goodness, go pick him up right now because he could win you a league in fantasy playoffs this year.
0: Yeah, he can actually be the guy that replaces Ezekiel in the last few weeks, but more than likely you don't have both Ezekiel and Johnson unless you did an auction league and spent a whole lot on that. All right, Brian. Oh, I'm gonna turn it over it to you.
1: We're turning it, it over. The booms
0: and busts of the week, folks. Boom. This is week six. We've got a lot of uh, uh, wait, or excuse me, bye weeks to fill in. We're going to go ahead and start with the booms. This week, Kirk Cousins, my quarterback boom of the week, and here's why. He started off slow, but guess what? Historically, Kirk Cousins has started slow. If you look at his week one and week two, since he's taken the quarterback reins in Washington, week one and week two... In 2015, he was a 32nd quarterback rated. He was the 26th quarterback rated in 16. This year, in, in 2017, he was a 25th quarterback. From weeks three and on, in 2015 he was the eight, number eight quarterback, 2016 he was ranked number six, and so far this year he's the number five quarterback from week three. They're coming fresh off a bye week. They're playing San Francisco. San Francisco has allowed eight passing touchdowns, and it's about time that somebody comes along and helps Terrell Pryor get his because he's been a huge disappointment. I love me some Terrell Pryor, but somebody's got to get that offense going besides Chris Thompson, and Chris Thompson's not your starting running back. We don't even really have a starting running back there. It's either going to be Kelly or Samaj Perrine. We don't know. This week, Chris Thompson is still going to be in the mix. Jordan Reed is very healthy this week. As healthy as Jordan Reed's going to get. <laughs> I
1: was going to say. Let me
0: put it that way. As, as healthy as Jordan Reed is going to get, you know, the only problem is, is San Francisco actually defends very well against the tight end position. So this is why I kind of like Kirk Cousins to blow up because he has Crowder. Doxson, per, uh Pryor, and Thompson—four very, very, uh, very good uh, pass-catching uh, uh, wide receivers and running backs. So, I like Kirk Cousins as my boom, uh, boom quarterback this week. So, if you got him, start him. They're playing in San Francisco.
1: I like Work it. Good. Reaching all the way back to 2015 for some stats. All right, yeah. who's your running back boom?
0: My running back boom this week is going to have to be Elijah McGuire from the Jets. All right, Elijah actually looks pretty darn good. And they're playing the Patriots this week against uh, excuse me, they're playing the Patriots this week who have allowed the second most points to opposing running backs and the seventh most receptions overall. Elijah McGuire can catch the ball and he can run the ball. Look, Bilal Powell may possibly be out. Um, don't look for him to play. He's out. He's out. All right. Matt Forte might be in the mix, but once they see, once they see how fresh McGuire is, look. New England has is having troubles right now on their defense, and I just look for McGuire. Look, it, honestly, who else does New England have? I mean yeah, Austin Safarian Jenkins uh, their wide receiving core yeah, I mean, their wide receiving core is just very uh, yeah, it's very suspect to me, so I don't know, for me, the running back this week especially if you're playing in those daily fantasy leagues, go get Elijah McGuire, he's at least a flex play, but I promise you he's going to put up running back two could even conceivably put up running back ones if he breaks off one good run
1: Go pick. Wide right. receiver.
0: Wide receiver. I'm going with a guy who I really fell in love with last year after, what was it, week seven or week six or seven, Golden Tate. Um, so far, he's been disappointing, and it's exactly what he did last year, his first five or six weeks of the year. He hasn't put up much. Uh, last four games, he's only put up 160 yards total. 160 Oof. yards. Not good. No. He is getting seven targets a game. However, they're playing the Saints this week. And, yes, last year when they played, I was hoping for a shootout. It ended up being a low-scoring game. But I really think this year it's going to be a shootout. And Golden Tate, Golden Tate is definitely going to be uh, the guy that they're going to go to. Look, Abdullah's been getting more looks. Marvin Jones has been, eh, and Ebron has been nowhere to be found in this in this uh, in this offense so far. Um, they they do want to write that part. You know what it, what I've been reading about Ebron and Stafford is that they you know that they, they've been talking and they're trying to get more you know connected. And I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But you're. You're not starting Ebron anywhere. Uh, but Golden Tate, for me, is going to be the guy who's going to blow up this week against a New Orleans Saints defense that is <laughs> horrible. It doesn't matter if they're playing at home or on the road. They're just horrible. And, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Me, I
1: think New Orleans coming out of the bye are going to be really strong offensively. I think getting rid of AP is going to be what makes them click and they're going to put up a lot of points. And so they're going to be passing the, the, uh, the Detroit lions are going to be passing a lot to try to catch up with them. And also, like you said, New Orleans defense is just not good. You know, it's, it's really just not. And golden Tate is the best player on that football team. Yeah. Hands down. He's just the Hands best down. player.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I think he goes boom. What about tight end? What are we doing for the boom for tight end?
0: Alright, so looking at the tight ends this week, without pulling out the obvious ones like, you know, Gronk, Reed, Kelsey, Ertz, blah, 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 I had to dig deep because there's a lot of very curious matchups. I'm going with George Kittle. Yes, I just talked about Kirk Cousins with San, or going against San Francisco, but I like George Kittle from the 49ers going against Washington. Last week, Kittle put up seven catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown against Indianapolis. Washington has a better defense, rushing rushing defense, a passing defense. However, they have allowed the third most points this year against tight ends. So I really look at someone like Kyle Shanahan to exploit that weakness of Washington and using their rookie. Look what have we talked about before earlier this year how rookie tight ends are not reliable and this year Evan Ingram besides last week which was really curious to me um besides last week Evan Ingram's come up, come along uh George Kittle starting to put you know come in there uh uh Najoku from uh who's Cleveland. The Browns Howard and you know from from the Buccaneers even though he's been you know used more blocking and brace's been playing well. I I really like what Kittle's going to do, or what Kittle has been doing. He's getting used to the offense, uh, and I really, really do like what his uh, chances are this week. And Um,
1: I I agree. Um, Kittle has been running more routes uh, as a tight end than almost any other tight end per snap. Um, And so they're using him as an offensive weapon. They're putting him out there to catch passes, you know, not, not to block, you know, and try to run the ball. And I think, I think you're right. I think Washington comes out hot. Uh, Kirk Cousins throws the ball around after the bye week. And so I think it's going to be a passing game. And uh, George Kittle could very well be uh, the benefactor. Um, And he's available everywhere. Yes. Everywhere.
0: For free. For free. Get him right now. Look, if you don't have an Ertz, a Kelsey, a Gronk, a Reed, go get him because he will help your team out and he's only going to get better by year's end. All right, bus players this week. Bus time, baby. I'm going to I don't with like the this first one. position. Well, all right. So we talked about this a little bit beforehand. Derek Carr, for me, is the bust this week. Alright? He's not 100%. Initially, his, his prognosis was out two to six weeks. Okay? They're rushing him back in after just two weeks. Cooper's not been playing well. Crabtree was hurt last week. And they're playing the Chargers. And Chris, as you know, division games, even if your team is crappy which the Chargers are, they <laughs> always step it up, right? I'm going to tell you what Derek Carr has done his last three games against the Chargers. Four touchdowns, three interceptions. What does that equate to? Not very, not very many points in the fantasy. And I look, at, I look at the same this week because he's not going to have a lot of mobility, and if he gets the wrong kind of hit, he's going to be knocked out of the game. And so, I look at Marshawn to having a bigger role in this game because of that reason. But, for me, Derek Carr is definitely my bust. Look, I love Derek Carr. I think he's a great quarterback. He's definitely proved himself to be a top six or eight in the league, at least. And, I don't know. I just think this week is not going to be his week, especially against a weak team like the Chargers. And you know what? Even though I didn't like this
1: pick, I am benching him uh, everywhere that I have him. I'm not playing him this week because he's so high risk for all those different reasons that you just mentioned. um, There's uh, coming back after just sitting one week with a fracture in your back. Everyone knows that thing is not as stable as it should be. And he's going to be out on the field a huge injury risk. Um, Whether or not you know, he ends up coming out of the game, I think will we'll determine whether or not he busts. Like, if, if he re injures that back, then, of, you know, of course, you know, that's going to tank your week. Um, so you you just can't risk it. You shouldn't risk it. Um, there's a lot of other streamers, and we're going to talk about a few of them at the end of the show, that you can play over Derek Carr and get the same amount of fantasy points. So I, I agree. Um, too high risk for my blood as well. And he's you know, with everything going on right now with him coming off of an injury, I think he might be a bust. Um, I hope not, but he might be. All right, running back. Who you, who's your call for a bust?
0: Well, uh, Frank Gore. Um, even though they're playing the Titans, their offensive line sucks. The Titans' rushing defense is actually pretty good. Uh, this year, they're only allowing 3.4 yard, uh, yards per carry to opposing running backs. This is why I really liked Marlon Mack, because I thought he could have a chance, especially against a team like this, whose secondary is very inept right now. They so are bad. in trouble. Um, they're they're allowing more touchdown passes than anybody else. Um, but their rushing defense is bad. Frank Gore has not been Frank Gore. Look, he's, what, 31, 32? And, I, you know, we talked At about least. him um, in, in week one. He is old, Mr. Reliable. The dude doesn't miss a game. He doesn't get hurt. He's just built somehow special that he's been able to play running back for this freaking long. Honestly, I love the guy to death. But if I have him this week, I'm benching him. The Titans, uh, the Titans are gonna be playing to win this week after getting embarrassed the last two weeks from you know the Dolphins, from Cutler, of all people, and Deshaun Watson in his breakout week. So Uh, The Titans are going to come to play. Frank Gore, he's not going to do it for me. I know uh, you were talking earlier about Pagano is not fully invested in Mac like Peyton is in Kamara. But I think Mac's going to come on at least in the second half and show what he can do. Um, So for me, Frank Gore, bench him. Don't even play him. Don't even worry about it. Look, Look elsewhere unless you have to put him in a flex.
1: All right, so moving on to wide receiver, you're going to drop a big name on everyone.
0: I'm dropping probably one of the biggest names at the wide wide receiver position, Jordy Nelson. My bust of the week. Look, Jordy is Jordy. He puts up great numbers every year um, and usually week to week. But he's going against Xavier Rhodes. All right, Xavier Rhodes has been one of the toughest corners the entire year. All right. Let me give. Let me throw a few names at you real quick: Michael Thomas, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans. Big names, right? Guess where all three of those guys have finished when going against Xavier Rhodes after the, you know, after the week is over. No one. Okay. Let me put it this way: those three guys, none of them have finished in the top thirty in fantasy scoring. Top thirty. Top thirty. That's rough. top thirty. That's wide receiver so, three. Exactly. That's not even wide receiver three. Like, well, it is, but, yeah. And, you are you know, like I said, it, Brown, Evans, and uh, Thomas there, there was some huge names. Those are wide receiver ones on every single one of your teams. And Jordy Nelson is wide receiver one on your team. But I just look this week as Xavier just draped all over him, especially since he's still kind of hindered by his injury. I don't think Jordy's going to be fully recovered. And, you know, Devontae Adams, look, he had a great game last week after getting the crap knocked out of him a couple of weeks ago. I look at Devontae and, and Randall Cobb being the benefactors of this. So, yeah, Jordy, for me, is the bust of the week. If you have him, you're going to play him because his name is Jordy. However, don't look for anything special coming out this week. Xavier Rhodes is for real, guys. I agree. All right, tight end bust of the week. Oh, I'm going to stick with the, uh, the same game, and I'm going with Kyle Rudolph. Uh, he had a great performance last week, um, but Green Bay is actually the second toughest on opposing tight ends. And there's only – they've held three – this year they've held three opposing tight ends to 30 yards or under and no scores. So, for me, it's just an automatic. Kyle Rudolph, I'm not playing them. They have some great linebackers there, and I don't know. there could be a better play at tight end. So my bust is Kyle Rudolph.
1: All right. Boom bust of the week. That was a good segment, Brian. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk about now players that we're putting in our flex position. I'm going to go ahead and start with my flex, Pierre Garçon. I'm putting Pierre Garçon in my flex this week, even though on paper he's going up against a Washington defense that is better than most. Um, the, the corner that is usually the shutdown corner for the, the Washington Redskins is out. He is injured. He is hurt. And that's going to open up some more opportunities for Pierre Garçon. Even though all of those cornerbacks are good, he's not going to get the shutdown treatment that Washington normally deals out. And like you said, they're coming off a bye. I think, um, that, oh, I'm sorry. No, i I'm thinking about he's still on the Redskins. <laughs> he he is not on the Redskins. But he's the number one wide receiver on that team and I think that he has a good game. I think and it's that, a
0: revenge game then. Because yeah, he's not with Washington anymore. And he's
1: playing Washington. And so that narrative we've talked about this before, Brian. Players get up for for this, you know, to play against the old teams. They get really pumped up. And I think Pierre Garcon turns on the afterburners, and he goes bonkers. He had a great so game last week. He did. He, and I think he has another one this week. So that's that's my flex of the week.
0: Well, my flex of the week, and especially in PPR leagues, I'm probably going to get sh- sh- like looked on and hated on as soon as I leave my apartment tomorrow. But shame for rain in... <laughs> Here's why. Ugh. Just like as we spoke about earlier, we have Odell Shepard, uh, Harris, and uh, Marshall. Um, uh, Shepard might play, right? Shepard is I, out. Oh, Shepard's out. Okay, he's on so crutches. Basically, Roger Lewis and somebody else I've never heard of are their wide receivers. Uh, Perkins sucks. Darkwa had a good game, and but got hurt at the end. Uh Gallman, they really haven't given a chance. But guess what, guys? These running backs are all going against the number one rushing defense in the league. The most opportunistic defense, rushing defense in the league. So for me, it's Vareen, who when week one Odell was out, he had 10 targets in the in the passing game. He caught nine of them for 51 yards. Yeah. Look, if you're in PPR and you need help. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot because they're going to get behind early. They're going to be, you know, there's going to be a lot of third downs in this game. A lot of third downs. A lot. A lot of chances for Vereen to actually do something here. So, I like Shane Vereen for my flex in PPR leagues, hands down.
1: That's a sneaky pick, man, because no one it wants is. him right now. and Nobody
0: wants anybody that's wearing, you know, that blue and white uniform, so... <laughs> But I think if you
1: play him as a flex, you're going to be really happy about it. I think so. Uh, and, and so piggybacking off of flex position, who's your breakout player this week?
0: Alright, so I, I really like James White. James White has quietly... Been He's putting been good. Up decent numbers. He's been putting up decent numbers, and I really like his matchup this week, especially in a PPR league. Um, they're playing the Jets. Um, he leads the team in catches with 29. The Jets' pass defense is ranked 30, 30th, and they've allowed the fifth most points to running backs and the fourth most receptions to running back. I. He's look, and he also has double the snaps of any other running back. That includes Gillis Lee and who's the other one? Rex Dion Burkhead, Lewis. Deion Burkhead's Lewis. Out this week. But yeah, Deion Lewis and, and Gillis Lee, he's got more than double the snaps. So he's in the game for a reason. And you know, look, I I don't know if the Patriots defense is that bad or if there's just something going on and they're gonna rectify it this week but if they don't this is going to be one of those games where James White like I I expect him to score 20 or more at, at the PPR that would be a
1: breakout game for James cuz he's been you know putting up 10 to 12 every week but but, but let's see if he can he can go big this one my breakout player this week is a guy that I know you're going to be happy to hear I think Derrick Henry finally gets it done I think I think they're going up against a terrible run defense and um, the coaches have been talking him up all week and Murray hasn't been getting it done. He had one long run that saved his fantasy week a couple weeks back and and that's just it. And I think that they're ready to make, not necessarily make a change, but to shake things up a little bit. And I think that Derrick Henry ends up getting splitting carries closer to 50 50 instead of you know not even getting a touch I mean last week was he he was almost not even seen on the field right. um, I think that changes this week and I think that he gets a lot of opportunities to run against a bad defense and and all he needs is an opportunity. It, Derek Henry's a special football player. And I think that they, he gets it this week and against that bad D, I think that he's going to, he's going to break out.
0: Man, I really hope so. <laughs> but
1: we've been saying this for a while now, right? He's overdue. I think, I think he's, I think he's going to do it this week though. I've got all a right. feeling. Um, all right. So we, we said we were going to talk about some streamers, uh, earlier in the show. Um, You know, because it's bye week and because some quarterbacks have some bad matchups. So let's talk about some streamers. Brian, you mentioned a a guy before the show. Uh, Talk to me about your quarterback streamer this week.
0: right, I really like Jacoby Brissett. You know, earlier I, I... you know, was talking about how the Titans' secondary is horrible. They've allowed 12 passing touchdowns. He's finally coming onto his own. But for anybody owning Marcus Mariota, I'm not talking about the guys that are owning bye week players, that Seattle, Dallas, Buffalo, Cincinnati, who are all on byes. I'm talking about people who own Marcus Mariota. Go get Brissette right now because Mari- Mariota is still not slated to play. And even if he does... uh. I'm not looking at him. I'm not looking for him to be 100. So, and, and it's a Monday night game, and that's why I really like you know Brissett because it's a Monday night matchup, right? So if you pick up a quarterback that plays on Sunday, then all of a sudden you find out Mariota's playing on on Monday night. You're like, oh crap! You'd rather play Mariota over Deshaun Kaiser or over Kevin Hogan or over you know uh, uh, Brian Hoyer, but. I like the matchup with, that Brissett has because of the what he was able to do with uh, Hilton the last two or three weeks. Um, also, believe it or not, look, he it's more than just his arm. It's his legs, all right? Like, last few weeks, he's got 83 yards on the ground, but more importantly, three rushing touchdowns. So three rushing touchdowns is pretty darn good. So if he can throw for one and run for one this week, that's actually going to be pretty darn good numbers. It'll be darn near quarterback one numbers if he just throws for 200 yards and rushes for 30. So um, I really like Brissett this week, um, especially if you're a Mariota owner. Got to go pick him up just to back it up, just to pad your offense, to make sure that if Mariota's not starting, you have the opposing quarterback and it's going against a very poor secondary.
1: Yeah. Both secondaries are not good on both sides of that ball, so I think there's a lot of opportunity for for points. Uh, points. My my quarterback streamer is again Carson Palmer, um, who had a rough time on the East Coast at an early 1 p.m. game. Still put up, you know, bottom of uh, the the list quarterback one numbers. Um, He put up, you know, I think 17 fantasy points. That's enough to to do it. Um, For me, if my quarterback puts above 15 fantasy points, I'm happy. And Carson Palmer gets a crap Tampa defense at home. So he gets to get his sleep, his beauty sleep. His teammates get it all too. Um, Let me take it back. Tampa's defense isn't bad. They're just injured. They're hurt uh, all over. Um, So Carson Palmer should be able to take advantage. Tampa's defense is playing just about as bad as New England's these days. And I think that you see Carson Palmer finally get it done. Yes, he's going to take a few sacks because he takes a few sacks every game. His line is arguably the worst in the league. I think probably the worst. Uh, But fortunately, you don't lose points for taking a sack in most fantasy football Uh, scoring options. If you're in a league where your quarterback loses for taking a sack, then you cannot start Carson Palmer because he's going to take at least three sacks. But if you're in a league that doesn't penalize quarterbacks for taking sacks, he's going to put up 15, 17 points easily at home against this Tampa D who's injured, and they're just, they're not playing well right now. Um, and they've got a shiny new toy in Adrian Peterson. All the attention <laughs> is going to be on that guy, and so I think he—that's going to open up the passing game more than CJ was able to. And uh, I, I think he has a good game. I think he's worth, you know, starting this week when you have a lot of quarterback injuries and uh, and some rough matchups. Uh, so before we move on, though, you mentioned Hogan uh, as a uh, but. <sighs>
0: You want okay, to talk about I, him for a second? I, yeah, I do. I, I, okay, so Deshaun Kaiser was the guy that uh, was anointed the starting position this year. Uh, there, the re- or he was the reason why. What's his face was let go. I can't remember his name now. Went from Denver to Houston to Cleveland. The really bad quarterback. Anyways, so he was let go. Kaiser took the starting job. But Kaiser has been horrible. Um, Yeah, he looked good like one game, and it looked like, oh, maybe he's finally getting it. But he's still a rookie, and Kevin Hogan's rookie. However, Kevin Hogan came in last week, put up over 16 points in the second half, and really, really looked good. And you know guys like Duke Johnson needs more of a Kevin Hogan than they do a Kaiser because Duke Johnson is going to be the dump off guy and he needs you know he needs that support and um, I don't know Kevin Hogan is an interesting streamer this week against the Texans because Watt I hate saying this Watt is probably done for the year or probably career but and also uh, Merciless is out their top two rushing defensive uh, linemen they're out, so he's not going to have as much pressure unless Clowney's just putting it on him the whole time, coming from the end. But I really, I really am curious to see. I'm not saying that I'm going to start Kevin Hogan this week. I'm saying I'm keeping my eye on him. Uh, but he's an interesting, an interesting start in the daily fantasy leagues. You know, you can get him for cheap, cheap. Cheap, and I don't know. I, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, he put up 16 points last week. Yes, it was against the Jets, and it was only in two quarters, but I don't know. We'll see. It's just one of those that uh, you want to keep your eye on this guy, see what he's going to do. I agree. I've been considering
1: picking him up and putting him on my bench because a lot of the leagues that I'm in, my quarterbacks either hurt. I'm streaming someone like Carson Palmer for the last few weeks, and I know that yep. that's not a long term solution. Uh, and Hogan could be a guy who you can use in um, good matchups. Are you trying to get crazy with this, eh? Don't you know I'm local? All right, Brian, we're finally to our final thoughts. Do you want to start, or do you want yeah. me to launch
0: in? An- I- no, let me go ahead and start because okay. it, while it's fresh in my mind, I want to talk about Carson Wentz for a moment and how he's actually impressing me. You know, look, last year he started off, what was it, 4-0 or 5-0? He, and basically, the Eagles and the Vikings looked like to be the, oh, whatever, and then all of a sudden the rookie, the rookiness in them set in. <laughs> and it was like, yep, <laughs> he's a rookie. yeah, he's not that good. However, guys... He won this game today. He did. Alright. Panthers are no joke at home. Panthers have a really good defense. Especially playing at home. And he did not make any mistakes. He actually put forth one of his best efforts. He didn't put up like crazy numbers this week. He didn't throw for four touchdowns like he did a couple of weeks ago, but he he threw for three touchdowns today. He didn't have any turnovers. He made great decisions. And every time they came to third and long, there were several times where they were third and 10, third and 14, third and 15, and they convert first down. It was an awesome display of a second-year quarterback who's coming into his own. I really like his patience but also his quick decision-making without making, you know, uh, 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 mistakes. I was going to say,
1: because the Panthers, they they ran a blitz on him almost
0: every down. They were putting a lot of pressure on him, and he still held his composure. You know, if they they ran the ball, there was a lot of times where they would give, you know, blunt the ball for, you know, two or three yards, and he'd throw an incompletion, and then he'd turn around and complete a 12-yard pass for first down. So there was a lot of great decision making on his part. It moves the Eagles to five and one. And it's honestly putting me on a Carson Wentz bandwagon. You know, I, I wasn't like I've never been a uh bandwagon kind of guy. I've never been the guy that's, you know, oh all for the rookie quarterbacks. But and you know, I wasn't last year with Carson Wentz. I'm like, nah, you know. I am this year with Deshaun Watson, though. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Carson Wentz is really, really looking good and impressing me, like I said. And, hey, look, if you're in a keeper league, I really hope you have him on your team. And if you're not, then uh, make sure you get him next year because this guy is going to be something special.
1: Yeah, and especially since their defense is so bad. Um yeah, it's it's like a shootout with him every game. The running game is not good. I mean, ugh, Wendell Smallwood is not uh, all hurt. the way there. They're hurt. Uh, LeGar- uh, Blount can—he's a bruiser, but he's never gonna break one off. No, uh,
0: Garrett Blount is not gonna break one off. Uh, Wendell Smallwood is hurt. Probably their best option as a one-two running back if he were to stay healthy. Kenyon Barner. Uh, Barber is not uh, or is it Barner? Anyway, so Young Barner yeah he's okay but he knows the offense because he's been on that team for five years now and then Corey Clement who's eh whatever so not doing it Yeah, their running game is really hit or miss right now. Thank God they've got Zach Ertz, and thank God you traded me Zach Ertz.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you (laughs) son of a. Throw that in real quick. (laughs) Um, All right, so my final thoughts are about a fantasy football troll that I hate right now is Benny Cunningham. Screw you, Benny Cunningham. (laughs) You go straight to hell. You're ruining everything. Um, And the reason why I say this is because I blew half my fab in every league that I'm in to get up to Rick Cohen. Because he's a special talent. But with the changing of the guard at quarterback, I think that team is worried about keeping their rookie quarterback healthy. And their rookie quarterback is holding onto the ball too long. And so they're putting... Big Benny Cunningham back there to protect them, to pick up those blitzes. Because defenses are saying, ooh, rookie quarterback, blitz, 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 blitz. We're going to pour on the heat and make him panic and make him turn over the ball. And I love Tariq Cohen. He's the most talented running back on that team. Yes, I'm saying Even more it.
0: than Jordan Howard?
1: Even more than Jordan Howard. He's, okay. he's, he's more talented, but... He doesn't have the size, and he can't blow up the blitz like Howard can and like Benny Cunningham can. And so I think you don't see him on the football field. I think, unfortunately, they're more worried about keeping their rookie quarterback healthy and getting him some snaps than winning games at this point. And they're going to put Cohen on ice. Um, And so if I were you, maybe trade Cohen – Right now, try to use the first, you know, three weeks of momentum and try to get something for him. Uh, Unless you have a really deep bench and then you can stash him and try to wait, you know, for the quarterback to pick up his play, to get his legs underneath him um, and to, to give Cohen an opportunity to get back on the field. But if you look at his snap percentage, it's just ever since they've switched quarterback, it's halved. It's now at like less than it's around thirty percent right now. Um, He only got seven touches last week, and he did almost nothing with them. I I just, you know, Benny Cunningham, screw you! (laughs) Uh, You're 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 ruining everything for Tariq Cohen. Um, You know, I personally am keeping him, and I'm stashing him because he's a special talent. And uh, if if the quarterback can figure out you know what's up from down, uh, and can get the ball out, I think they start to to get Cunningham off the field, and give Tariq the, the carries and touches he deserves.
0: Well, another reason you're keeping him is because when you blow half your wad on somebody, you don't just want to let go right yet. So <laughs> that's
1: also <laughs> true. Um, yeah. So uh, that's a, I I've actually dropped him in a league where I didn't spend anything on him. Um, because I mean, the numbers don't lie, and I don't think that that team's dynamic is going to change anytime soon. But, but they uh, have
0: no, they have no passing, uh, they have no wide receivers to throw to. They've got, you know, like you said, the rookies coming in. Everybody's going to, you know, uh, key in on the running backs because probably 60 to 70 percent of the time that's where their players are going unless they're third and long. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a stash and wait and see, and yeah, or trade him if you can. Try to try to trade him because he had a
1: really good few first few weeks, and people are going to remember that. Um, and you might be able to get someone good for him. But those are my final final words uh, to you, Benny Benny Cunningham.
0: Basically, fuck off, Benny. Uh. So,
1: anything else, Brian?
0: That's it, man. That's all I have this week.
1: It's week six.
0: Week six already. We're almost halfway through the uh, fantasy season.
1: I know. Only five more weeks until David Johnson comes back.
0: Ooh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, fantasy football fans. This is the China-based fantasy podcast. We are your host, Chris Fishbag Barnett.
0: This is Brian the Moose Murray.
1: Y'all be good.
0: Y'all be good.